Welcome to the Up Your Glow podcast with your hosts, Susie and Andy. Each week, we'll break down your frequently asked questions to inform you and enlighten you about all things women's health and wellness so that you can feel more empowered about making health decisions and feel more informed about how your body works for the things that no one's ever told you. Moral of the story is, now I have suppositories added to my little arsenal at home, the medicine cabinet which is not something I ever really anticipated. I feel like our generation is like the pill generation. Work smarter, (laughs) not harder, Sue. Work smarter, not harder. That's what I always say. Welcome back, everyone, to the Up Your Glow podcast. I'm your host, Susie Devine, joined by our other host. Andy Schmarin, PA. (laughs) I realized I never really said my last name until today. I know. I almost I was said like, Welsh. Yeah, I was like thinking about it because I was like, I'm not used to, I'm like still adjusting to divine for you. I know. <laughs> Since we here. know each other for so long. Even though I've been married for almost five years. Yeah. But I didn't, that's because I didn't legally change my name until during the first year of COVID. <sighs> changing names. Can we just talk about that for a second? How annoying changing your name is? It's stupid. I don't even know why I did it. I think... <sighs> so annoying. I don't know. Why do we do this, people? Why do we have to change our names? Well, and why is it so difficult? I don't know. I guess, I, well, I guess I understand why it's so well, you're legally there's like born legally as a person, things. and then you're just going to change it. So Changing ch- names is annoying. Changing your name sucks. But, yeah, we were saying, yeah, it, we get it that you have to for legal reasons. Oh, this is what I was about to tell you. But you probably knew because I likely mentioned it before you had your baby. But when I had my first and I filled out all the paperwork for like naming them, they make you fill out all this formal paperwork in the hospital and you get the birth certificate oh, and it's your maiden your, name. It's still your maiden name. I know. And I'm like, that's not even my legal name. So I called them. I thought they made a mistake on this because nobody no. told me it was going to be my maiden name. Oh, really? See, I know all this because when I was a postpartum nurse, I would tell all of my patients like you how to fill out their birth certificate paperwork and we would let them know that it's. So you actually gave people a heads up. That yeah. was kind of you. You Thank were a you. great nurse. I tried. Well, you are a great nurse. You were. <laughs> Thank like, you. Were and are all of all. past and present. Well, yeah, changing your name sucks. So I'm now Susie Divine, which I feel like sounds a little bit strippery, which is why I didn't want to change my name for a long time. But well, anyway, kind of like celestial. Yeah, I still love my maiden name is Welsh, and I still love that still like think of myself as Susie Welsh that's what you're my phone is yeah and you're still my phone is Andy Lucas so there you go yeah we actually talked about this I know the last podcast I said how I was at reunion and I talked about this exact topic with my friends about how my name was like one of those names that just always goes together it does people don't say people never said like oh it's Andy it was always Andy Lucas like as one word all-encompassing. So funny. All these little things yeah. that we come up with. Anyway. Well, interesting. Right. Interesting food for thought for <laughs> to start our day off. Welcome back, everyone. I guess that'll be our little check-in yeah. for today, and we'll dive right into it. So this episode, instead of going inside the vitamin aisle, we're going to do a little in the ambulance, because <laughs> in, in, the ambulance in the ambulance with Andy, because... If you didn't know this about her, she happens to spend a lot of time at her local emergency room 
Not her choosing. No. But... I actually try to avoid it at all costs, but... But I feel like you're there a lot. So mm-hmm. why don't we do a little... We should get, like, a inside back to, the back ER. To, <laughs> yep, that's me. Inside the ER with Andy. So what about... This week. This week. So... What's going on? As many of you who have been following along know, Susie and I have little ones that are just over three months... And Susie and I have been lucky to be able to breastfeed exclusively. So knock on wood, haven't been having issues. Great. Because as we talked about last week, formula shortage, annoying. So we luckily haven't been dealing with that problem. But all of a sudden, my baby Lee has been constipated. (laughs) And when I say constipated, like normally she goes every day and for a week, like a solid six and a half days, she did not poop. And the last night going into this, she didn't pee all overnight. And so for people who have been around and or have newborns know, like you're supposed to pee at least every six hours or it's like really bad dehydration, whatever. Now, I knew she wasn't dehydrated because like I know what to look for on that front. And she peed as soon as she woke up. It was like more like deep sleep pee kind of not peeing kind of thing. Because she was, like, drooly and, like, content and neurologically all stable and fine. So I wasn't worried about her clinically that much. It was just more like, why isn't she pooping? And, like, what do you do for a three-month-old who just is having breast milk to help them poop? Yeah. Because there's not much that you can really do. So, like, we have been doing – these are the things that we had been doing already – Warm baths because, you know, like warm water that always Mm -hmm. like helps to relax your muscles and like get things moving. No luck. That's why a lot of babies poop in the bath. Yep. Anal stimulation, as I like to call it, Mm -hmm. which is really... Rectal temps. Yeah, which is really fun. But (laughs) a rectal temp is like a nicer way to do it. So you're not like getting too friendly. Yeah, or like the Frida Windy. Yeah, the Frida Windy, which is a great product. So we did some of that. And nothing worked. Nothing. Like even like sometimes when you do the rectal temps, like some poop will come out on exactly. it. Exactly. Nada. I was like, what is going on in there? And she was like getting pretty fussy. So when I called to kind of like ask like, hey, like what else can I do at home? They were like, oh wait, she didn't pee overnight. Even though mind you, she had already peed by the time I called. Like right. when I like happened to mention it, I should have just known better to keep my mouth closed. I do not recommend, I do not advise lying to your providers for the record. <laughs> but I can, because I'm a provider, I can kind of like deduce some things on my own. So I shouldn't have said anything, but I did. And they were like, oh, you have to go to the emergency room. And I was like, no, not again. So off to the emergency room we went. It was... A two and a half hour wait. Which is just like, why? Just added to the list of things that, yeah, you're there with a little baby. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And so we get in there and they're like, okay, we're going to give her a suppository. (laughs) And then she pooped. And I honestly looked at them and I was like, can I get those over the counter? Mm -hmm. Cause like, I know how to give a suppository. I'm not scared of putting a little suppository up my kid's butt. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, why didn't they just tell me to do that over the phone? I was very frustrated. So anyway, moral of the story is now I have suppositories added to my little arsenal at home medicine cabinet, which is not something I ever really anticipated having in my medicine cabinet, but. Oh, well, I mean, so it goes. 
Yeah, it's weird. Like breastfed exclusive babies can go several days without pooping. But yeah, a week is a long time. Well, I so like there are like suppositories, prune juice. Yeah. There are so all different things you can try. They did tell well, so I knew about the prune juice and stuff like that because my second she's had constipation yeah. issues too. But like not when she was being exclusively breastfed. I mean like we can't even do solids yet. So I was already right. thinking in the back of my mind, like, oh, as soon as we start solids, we're doing prunes, right? I'm, Lots doing, of I'm, doing, the, I'm doing the poop-friendly foods. I'm yes. not, not going to do potatoes, sweet potatoes. I'm not doing those ones. I'm doing poop-friendly foods, right? Nothing yeah. to back her up. Because it's a really common issue to happen, especially once you start introducing solids. But, like, we're not even there yet. So I was like, oh, gosh, we're already having these issues. So I feel like it's going to be an interesting few months that we have ahead of us. It is. And I think we're going to have a lot more little ER visits from you. Or we can just, like, go back in your past and do these as funny segments. Because Andy has had quite a few recently. Yeah, they're having, well, I'll put it this way. A new, brand new emergency department opened up five minutes from my house, which is the silver lining in all of this. It takes me next to no time to get there. And it probably opened up. that's what's annoying about healthcare. It's like. You can never just get in with your doctor same day. I know. Or they're like, oh, it's we true. can't see you. You have to see a specialist. It's true. Which is why we have telehealth at Binto. So then you can just call us, it's right? True. Like you just yeah. want to, right. Had they not just said like, oh, try a suppository, then it would have saved you I know. okay of an ER visit. Well, but anyway, I should just, I'm the kind of person that doesn't like to bug people. And I should have just asked my pediatrician friend yeah. some of these things before I like, Oh, people fuck me all the time. Yeah, I know. I should just I should just be that person that just shoots out the text and just says, like, hey, anything yeah. else I can try before, like, I have to go in. And that's what we want you to do for this podcast. So now if you're in this boat, you can yeah. listen to this. So and anyway. That's our ER experience. ER, ER experience <laughs> of, yeah. And I week. hope you don't have any more this week. I hope, honestly, that we're averaging much, much less frequently than once a week. Yes. One can hope. But, you know, obviously, you know, sometimes it's just how the cookie crumbles. It is. Okay. Medical jargon. Oh, yeah. This one's Medical good. jargon of the week. It's another abbreviation. So we're going back to similar to how we did in our first episode related to our big topic today. So it'll help us get prepared for what we're going to discuss. And it's kind of two. Okay. Them. So the first is COC. Combined oral contraceptive. Mm-hmm. So you can see that printed sometimes in like your medical charts. If you, because yep. now we all have access to our medical charts, especially with like all the online portals that we have and things like that. So you may see that written down in your notes from your providers, or you may see it in like blogs or anything that's talking about it. So combined oral contraceptive, we'll talk more about what they are in a little bit. Yep. And then the other is POP. Which actually has like a few kind of names: POP, mini pill, mm-hmm. progesterone, only pill. Yeah. So those are our medical jargons of the week. Lovely, and that brings us to our topic. So let's talk the birth control pill. The pill. The pill. I think this will probably be part one of sort of maybe larger contraceptive deep dives that we'll do on the podcast. And the pill is one loaded pill. There are a lot of great things about it. There are a lot of connotations, sort of negative things that we get with the pill, experiences that 
that some of you might have. But we want to take the time to talk about why do we have the pill, maybe the different types of pill options, and maybe some of like the pros and cons of, of why we might use the pill. But I'm yeah. sure if you are a 30 or 40 something year old listening to this episode, you've been on a pill at some point in your life. Yeah. If you're somebody who has menstruated, you've probably been then, on a pill. Yeah. Honestly, if you've menstruated at some point, you've probably tried a type of birth control pill. Exactly. And I just have to like, cause I think now our expectations because we have so many options for birth control are just that like we should and can find something that has such a low profile side effect profile for us. So like we should be striving for that. But just the fact that we call it like the pill and everybody knows what we're talking about, like goes to show how truly earth shattering it was when it came on the market. I mean, this really was like a life changing thing for people, for families, for couples, for anybody out there. Really, it's just an incredible medical advancement that we have. It is. And I think the makers of the first pill would be shocked, like Andy said, how many different types of pills there are. So we have the combined oral contraceptive pills. We have the POPs, which are progestin-only pills, mm-hmm. meaning they don't combine progesterone and estrogen. And they're just all different dosages, all different brand names, generic yep. versus brand name. And the reason why the pill was first invented was for birth control, right? Mm-hmm. So this was a hormonal option that would stop the ovulatory feedback loop for menstruating humans, primarily females as a way to prevent you from ovulating so that you wouldn't have an egg meeting a sperm, fertilizing, and getting you pregnant. Fast forward to many years later, we had advances in the pill, and a lot of physicians or different level providers started prescribing birth control pills as a great way to sort of help with some of those daily symptoms that we talk about all the time here at Binto. Mm -hmm. But that kind of leads to some other issues that have now like come up with this. Like, I feel like our generation was like the pill generation. Yeah. Right. Like we were all kind of, we're the generation that were put on it pretty young. Yeah. So starting, I remember being put on it in high school for bad period print almost immediately, which I had irregular cycles and I had severe period cramps, which we talked about in our first episode. So I was put on Yasmin, which is a... I was put on Yasmin yeah. first too. It must have been like the, it was the new, new hot one. It was. So I was to put be on honest, Yasmin. I hated it. I don't really... I, do I forget like why it. I stopped taking it, but I seemed okay with it. But the problem with that is my provider didn't take the time to understand, okay, why was this young woman suffering from bad menstrual pains when she should not have been? And why was she having irregular cycles? We since then found out I have celiac disease and then I also have endometriosis. So there were some underlying autoimmune diseases that I had. And I think this is what we hear so often from different patients that we talk to at Binto is that they feel their provider put them on a pill to help 
quote, manage symptoms, but what it did was really sort of mask an underlying potential disease process or something going on with their menstrual cycle. Yeah, it's complicated because the pill is great at helping symptoms. And so oftentimes people come in and be like, I need help with this. And and the pill, really, a lot of birth controls are great at helping with that. But when we're overriding our natural hormonal axis, then we don't really have insight into what would otherwise be happening. So it can oftentimes cause like a little bit more sticky situations down the road. But all of that to say like that should be part of the conversation when you're starting out, like it's a risk benefit, just like anything, right? Mm -hmm. So for some people, getting those symptoms under control is the most important thing. And oftentimes for a lot of the disease processes, if you're not trying to get pregnant, birth control is a good management tool, even if it is one of the conditions. So they go hand in hand and it's a little muddy, but there's, there's all things, all different things to talk about. What some of the other things. So let's talk about why you would be on like one pill versus a different pill. Yes. For instance. Yeah. So you prescribe, you do this. Yeah. So Birth control was really, like, my bread and butter, as I like to say. And I'm, like, a big fan of birth control and figuring out what form of birth control works for you. So the pill is just, like, one little sliver of it, although probably the most used, to be honest, because of the convenience of it. It's really easy. There's lots of different kinds of pills, and it's something that people are generally pretty, like, familiar with. So it doesn't feel like this, like, new, different So we'll start there. So combined pills, like we talked about, COCs, those are a great option and work slightly better than the mini pill or the progesterone only pill because they have both estrogen and progesterone. Work better as in to prevent like to prevent lower failure rates. Yes, exactly. So they have lower failure rates because it has both the hormones. So there's less chance of ovulation when yeah. you're taking a combined pill compared to a progesterone-only pill. So we tend to prefer to use the combined pills if we can. Especially if your primary goal with taking a birth control pill is to use it for just that, for birth right. control. For birth control, right. Or like if you are assuming like, oh, I'm not going to get pregnant, right? So again, right. going back to the counseling and making sure we know and understand what everything is good for. So the reasons why people can't take estrogen, there's a few reasons. Now, one, people who have had any kind of blood clotting issue. So if you have any previous history of blood clots, estrogen's a no-go because estrogen is going to increase your risk for blood clots. So I say this with a little bit of a caveat because pregnancy actually increases your risk more for a blood clot than the amount of estrogen we give you in birth control, but still there's other methods of birth control. So we prefer to use something else. Then migraines. So we've talked to high of migraines. Mm-hmm. So not anyone with a migraine, but if you have symptoms of aura with your migraine, so that's the visual symptoms that some people get okay. with their migraine. So not just like sensitive to light, but like visual disturbance symptoms with migraine. So it's about 20% of people with migraine that cannot have birth control with estrogen. Interesting. Again, similar reasoning because studies showed that people who have migraine with aura, who took estrogen, higher risk 
of blood clotting. So there's that. Then if you smoke cigarettes, estrogen is really a no-go. Yeah. Because, again, blood clotting risk. So we know smoking increases your risk. We don't want to double up on that risk by also giving you estrogen. Those are really the big ones. There's a few other, like, small, more niche ones. But those are the three, like, major ones that are going to impact, like, the most amount of people. If you're not sure if estrogen is right for you, talk to your provider. Make sure they have, like, a good formal history of everything that you're doing so that they can work with you to make a good decision and choice about what's right for you. Yep. So progesterone-only pills don't have that estrogen risk, which is great, but aren't quite as good at preventing ovulation. So some people will still ovulate with a progesterone-only pill, so you have to be a little bit careful with that. Most progesterone-only pills are going to be continuous, Mm -hmm. meaning you take progesterone every single day, so people are less likely to get a cycle. But Um, you will experience more what we call, quote, like, breakthrough bleeding. Yeah, like irregular bleeding. Irregular bleeding or breakthrough bleeding while you're on a mini or progestin-only pill. And some people might also experience a little bit more hair loss with a progestin-only pill. So, like, those are some of the funky side effects you might get from a progestin-only contraceptive. But progesterone, generally, extremely safe. Yes. And our other forms of birth control usually are just forms of progesterone. So yeah. with some caveats. And there's other forms that have both estrogen and progesterone, but we use a lot of progesterone. It's also kind of known as the hormone of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people feel pretty good with progesterone. Like think like second trimester good. That you know, that happy stage where you're just like kind of cruising and and things are just trucking along. So that's like really the main breakdown with the pills. Now we do have some newer combined pills that do allow you to kind of control your period a little bit more. So you can get like, like Seasonique was the first one that came on the market where you could get like one period every season. So that's why they named it that way. So like one period every three months. But when you're getting estrogen and progesterone, it's good to come with that. The names? It's like naming nail polish. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Naming drugs and naming nail polish. I mean, I did work. For a pharma company for a little, but yeah, like the drug names are just hilarious. And I know anyway, I mean, people, you all probably think about with us with Vinto, but I, <laughs> it's funny. I know people are always like, what's, what's Vinto? What's How cute. Yeah. So those are like the big main things with birth control pills. And then I think too, the other like really important thing is like when we're talking side effects with pills, there's like a ton. There's yeah. a ton of potential side effects. So it's important to like know yourself, know your body and like keep tabs on it. And I think this is what we've been hearing more of this conversation around like the pill being bad for you, women wanting to come off of the pill, this whole idea or myth around like a birth control cleanse or needing a detox from the pill. I just think it's important to get the facts straight. Yeah. So as Andy likes to say, you've got a pill shop. So you kind of got to shop around to find the right pill for you. It's like a bento. There's no one size fits all. There's no one size fits all birth control pill. That's why there's literally hundreds. There's so many. <laughs> there are different doses. You can do the combined or you can do progestin only. And yes, these are made of synthetic hormones. There are some cases where people really need to take a pill and like you shouldn't feel ashamed or bad about needing it. No. And I feel like a lot of the conversation on social media switched to like 
villainized. Villainized, yeah. And it shouldn't be villainized. And they play an important role for a lot of people. Exactly. And it does not cause infertility. So we literally have no clinical trial data or any evidence dating back over the many years that the pill has since women have started taking oral contraceptives, that it causes infertility. What happens is exactly what Andy and I just reviewed, is that sometimes providers will prescribe the pill for a woman with an irregular cycle or something going on where it's maybe masking an underlying issue where you come off the pill and you're like, oh, I don't have a period or my periods are irregular. That's not from the pill. It's probably something that was already happening and we need to identify right. that, right? But you maybe you've been on the pill for like 12 years. And so you're just learning this when you go to, to try and conceive. So yeah, that's all. So that's also, I will say like as a caveat, if you fall into one of these buckets, we don't want to make you worried or concerned. Uh, yeah. It's like totally safe to be on birth, any form of birth control for long periods of time. But if you're not sure what your baseline cycle is like, that's also very it's okay normal. To take a break. And yeah. It's okay to take a break. And that's why there's other forms of birth control out there. Like think condoms mm-hmm. and natural family planning, withdrawal method. These things also work and have yeah. a role in helping you do your family planning. So those are all great conversations to have with your provider and to help you get the information you need at the right times for you. So that's why there's great. That's why there's options. Yeah. So, okay. So I know our DMS and Instagram, we get this a lot, which is, do I need to detox up birth control or I'm coming off the pill? Do I need to mix up my vitamin? routine to support me while coming off of birth control. So this will be our little like slide into my DMs. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) the honest, like too long didn't read answer. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Just (laughs) straight up. No. (laughs) Yeah. Save yourself $50. You don't need to buy. Yeah. Think about it, right? Like you have to take cleansing powder or whatever nonsense people are telling you. You you have to take the pill every day for it to work. Exactly. So what happens when you stop taking it is it stops working. Right. And I think the (laughs) idea behind a cleanse is, yeah, maybe like if you're coming off of it, should you be on a prenatal vitamin? Maybe you might need some additional like micronutrients or minerals to support you during that time to help you regain your cycle. Absolutely. Like I agree with that, but that's not the same as like needing to detox your body of these synthetic hormones. They're not living in you. They're gone. You've stopped taking right. a pill. And a lot of people will notice when they stop taking a birth control pill is that you should, like, you might get your period right away, like yeah. within a week or two of stopping. Yeah. So, it may follow the same pattern it always was when you exactly. were taking a pill. Yeah. You know, you just have to kind of find out. But if it's been like three months and you still haven't had a cycle, Call. Since coming off and you want to please call your provider. You yeah. need to get in and be seen. They'll probably want to do some blood work and maybe an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Well, Check that's out. what I would want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Check out what's going on because I have a feeling we'd be bound to get that question. Yeah. I've been working through that with one of my friends. Yeah. That's real fun. Actually, right now. Mm-hmm. So the good news is you will be prepared with information you need because exactly. of this podcast. So, yeah. Nothing to be scared of, but yeah, so I think different pills for different people. Like the other thing too is like, we both, so we both started on Yasmin. Like I remember like it made me like super duper moody. Definitely. I don't know about you. 
I was always kind of a moody <laughs> teen. I think because I took Adderall. Um, Not in a bad I was prescribed Adderall. This is like a whole we should do a whole episode on this. Ooh. So I don't think I ever knew that you were. Yes. I Susie and I knew each other in high yes. school. So yeah. <laughs> I have severe or had ADD and they put me on Ritalin when I was in third grade and that was a disaster. Then Adderall. And then finally in high school, my senior year, and then into college, I stopped taking it. And I, I've since realized like how to get through those days. But anyways, I think Adderall really like masks your true personality and it can really cause like some mood swings and all kinds of stuff. We can have a whole, we should do a whole episode on yeah, I find those drugs are really interesting. They're very helpful for a lot of people, but they can also be very addictive. addictive and, yeah. and it's like a constant cardiac workout for your for your heart. So you have to be careful when taking them and, and the dosages, which is why doctors who prescribe them are monitored closely. Yeah, and they have to monitor you carefully too. Exactly. It's important both ways, but interesting. Yeah, no, I just remember like Side I took track. it and I really, and I really didn't like Yasmin. But then I thought, like, the next one I tried, I was like, oh, this is great. And then yeah. I was happy on that for, like, a long, long time. I took Yaz for a while. Then I took a few different ones. Then there was one, like, Janelle. Janelle, I was on Janelle. Janelle, that mm-hmm. actually is a very, very popular one. So Super well tolerated. That. Yeah. So if you're looking for a new pill, try that one. Janelle or Janelle FE. They have one mm-hmm. with iron in it. The FE is the elemental sign for iron. Oh, medical jargon. Yeah. More for you. Throwing it all in. But that one's really good for people who have, like, little heavier periods. So I would do, like, the regulars now for people who, like, that was always my first go-to because almost everybody likes it. And then I would do Janelle FE if, like, people said that they had, like, histories of heavy periods or heavy bleeding because then I'd get, the, get them a little bit extra iron. That's so smart. Look at you. Well, I mean, work smarter. Work smarter, <laughs> not harder, So Work smarter, not harder. That's yeah, what I always say. So those are good ones to try. But, yeah, I don't know. And then I was on the progesterone North Indrin, just the generic, after my babies. I have not been on a pill. Well, no, for IVF, IVF, you have to take the pill to make sure to you keep your don't. ovaries nice and quiet mm-hmm. so that you don't have the potential for any cysts growing on your ovaries because we want to grow a good cohort of eggs, not cysts. But no, I cannot. I am one of these estrogen people. I cannot be on a birth control pill because I yeah. have two clotting factors. So like when I was pregnant, I had to take Lovenox. No, good thing you weren't on the pill for longer. Yeah. Because you could have been, my sister. My mom has a clotting disease too. Yeah. That had blood clots from but, just being yeah. on the pill. Without so previous crazy. history. Which is like actually very, very rare. Scary, very, very rare. We're not trying very to scare crazy. you. But yeah, figure out your family history before you go on the pill and see if there's any history of, of clotting yeah. diseases. That's why I figured this out because of my mom and her family history. But yes, that's another good topic we can talk about. I know about. we'll do that. So how to is- talk to your family about family history? Because I feel like the generations above us they didn't do that. I know they didn't Crazy. talk about what was going wrong with them. And didn't so tell people, my grandmother which is important. I know. So anyway, well, well, that's our list. This wraps up our first topic on the pill. I think hopefully we'll do another episode on. Other options like larks. Love we'll, larks. Ooh. We'll do that medical jargon for you another time. And so how about a, that was a good teaser. Yay. I how about we do, do our, do we have a B, B vitamin, vitamin of the week? Well, 
I would say my B vitamin is staying out of the ER, <laughs> but the week is not over yet. So yeah, for now, for now, staying out of the ER. That's a good one. Mine is, I don't know. I really, I don't know if this can be my like little B vitamin or something that I'm looking forward to. I really, I want to do a better job of taking care of my skin. And I think one of the best ways I can do that is getting more regular facials and like coming up with a really good skin regimen. I know being postpartum, my skin started like sloughing off on my face, like really dry breastfeeding and and being postpartum really dries you out. So I'm hoping to book a facial with Tara Lynn at Nirvana here in Philadelphia, if any of you are listening in in the area. But yeah, I think skincare is something that I really, I love. And I'd love to start indulging myself and you should do regular facials. Yeah. So we'll follow up with you on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Thanks everyone. Up your glow. I hope you learned a little bit something about the pill or maybe the pill. pill. (laughs) All right. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to the up your glow podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.